Welcome to Tech Uncorked. I'm Dean Gratton. And I'm Sarah Jane Gratton. And together we explore a new world of technology and innovation. With lively discussion and some great interviews. Christmas has historically been a lonely time of year for many people, but this year it poses exceptional challenges. We wanted to discuss in this programme how technology can provide comfort and even company during these difficult times. Something I read the other day is that companion robots um, are becoming more normal in care homes in certain parts of the US. Um, they introduced one that sort of sounds like a dog, moves like a dog, and that has has that tactile. That, but it doesn't poop on it, pee, No, does it? it doesn't do all those things. It doesn't need feeding, but it does respond in a very canine uh, manner to people that touch it. And I just like the idea of this. And it's gone down a storm in the States because people that have had pets, they can't have pets anymore, will will find company in, in this kind of technology. And it's also interesting, isn't it, with the rise of Amazon Echo, you know, in people's homes. We gave an Echo to one of our neighbours, Sarah, an elderly lady, and she absolutely loves the company it provides. She actually used the word company. It's company. She's company for me, which I thought was a lovely way of describing how technology has fulfilled some kind of human need. And she can call in every day, which and she, she does. And she can call us every day, which is lovely. I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's super. But, you know, it, that leads on to what you're currently working on, which is machines versus humans. Obviously, for companionship with technology where it is, you know, nothing can replace having a human, another human around to share your life with, to, to talk with friends, family. But but what do you think is needed in technology to create more of that human link between technology and humanity? It needs to be more human. Our echo, I mean, you have to be quite exact with her when you ask for things and ask her to do things. And and she doesn't understand the fumbleness, the uh, that our collective trying, trying to string, like I'm doing now, trying to put words together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she doesn't get it. She doesn't. She doesn't forgive hesitation. She'll bleep you out, giving yeah. up, and moving on. There's those sort of nuances of speech yeah. um, that people have when they are minar and, and have to think of the right word, or perhaps, oh no, that's not right. I didn't want that day. I want this day, and things that happen as you talk. Um, I mean, if you, could yeah. say, if you could say to her, "Oh, hang on, just a moment. Oh yeah, no, oh yeah, it's this." And okay, we understand it. Because we're oddly human sometimes. And, but no, she doesn't get it. And I think that kind of technology has still got a long, long, long way to go. Mm, to make it more human. Do you think it's progressing in the right direction? I remember when, gosh, years back, you know, a computer voice sounded very, very artificial. Well, the you Stephen know, Hawking. the robot. Stephen Hawking type voice, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the Stephen Hawking type voice. Although even when they progressed enough to say, look, you can speak like anybody you want very naturally. He actually lo loved his voice, apparently. He, he loved that iconic, voice. He didn't, didn't, he? He didn't yeah. want to change it. Well, the, the other thing is, which I find is, actually, it has fooled me on occasions. And it's only when you, you question it, and it's the conversational AI. You've got the chatbots, which, you, you know, people are not really there at the end of it. But it's the, when you get um, these junk calls or these spam calls, hello, have you been 
involved in an accident. Was it your fault? And because it's so realistic, mm, but then... I've been fooled by that. And then, then you say, sorry, excuse me? Was it your fault? And, it, and then you think, oh, hang on a minute. This is, this is just rehearsed. This is repeated. And yeah, I go through the process really to get to someone I can talk with and just ask them to take me off their mailing list, mm. which oddly they never do. <laughs> it's, it is, yeah, it is, it has come a long way in terms of sounding human. Yeah. But that understanding, that sort of deeper understanding is We're complicated built in. creatures. We are complicated creatures and I like that. I wouldn't want to change our complications. Well, there are a few things I need to change about you. Oh, and what are those? Let's not go into that now. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't know why I'm doing that to myself. So the humanity- I, think, I think the whole notion of intelligence is so broadly fitted. It isn't natural intelligence. It's, it's not cognitive intelligence. It's well, artificial no, by it's, nature. So, so artificial intelligence is the, is the replication of human cognition. Solving problems, recognizing patterns. And of course, you've got a computer that can do it much faster than a human. I mean, the great examples being playing chess, the, a computer can actually work out probably mm, what moves? 50 moves ahead or something. And when the player does something different, then it can still recalculate those other 50 moves to uh, anticipate that or to plan ahead. Um, but for me, that's not intelligence. That's not machine intelligence. It, it's, 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 n- it's rubbish. I do not believe in any way, shape or form a computer or a machine has intelligence. Do you think it's, then it's a misnomer to use the word intelligence? It's, uh, it's awarded generously, uh, but it, it really is artificial intelligence and machine intelligence. Yeah, it's a misnomer because I think people perceive these com- uh, computers and whatnot doing um, things quicker than human, recognizing patterns faster than human, being able to identify objects on cameras and stuff. But that's not intelligence. It's just one clever piece of software. It's algorithms, isn't it? Yeah, algorithms have been developed to mimic such. But you see, I disagree abilities. in some respects because the word artificial suggests that it's not true intelligence, that it is a created a created form of algorithms that mimic, as you just said, mimic. Mm -hmm. So I think the word explains itself quite well, that the term explains itself quite well, artificial intelligence. Yeah, but I think with industry and press um, and, and of course, uh, Hollywood, for example. The movies. The movies. The robots. Giving, uh, awarding this intelligence and uh, having these robots destroying all humanity because when we develop robots, of course, they're just going to destroy humanity. That's going to be the thing, isn't it? Seriously? Yeah. And it's... But it wouldn't be Hollywood without, you know, the disaster movie. Disaster movies, yes, bless them. Blockbusters are us. And of course, we are writing the new book on uh, artificial intelligence. We are. Um, It'll be published by Rutledge next year. We're both beavering away writing this book, and we want to take a whole different approach to what is understood and believed to be artificial intelligence. And I think one of the chapters, I actually redefine artificial intelligence to take on today's technology and to ex- explain why we often misunderstand and perceive machines to be intelligent. And then you're correct, it's, it is artificial intelligence, but a lot of people are adamant that a machine is intelligent because it can do these things. Well, no, it's just a clever piece of software and some fantastic hardware. That's all it is. 
I mean, I'll, I'll sum it up. Artificial intelligence is clever programming and smart technology. Mm. And that's it. Artificial intelligence for industry, uh, medicine, it is an assistive technology. That's what it is today. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about your your work on the book um, and what you've written so far, I love the fact that you actually break down, you go back to the basic blocks of how the term came about, what it's based on, what it really is, looking at it in a very honest way that I think a lot of the hype, I don't think a lot of the hype is that honest about AI. They like the gloss of the um, of the persona of Hollywood, I think. I think a lot of the marketers draw on that to sort of wheel us into this way of thinking that we actually have an intelligent being sitting in the corner of our room. And I think that is part of the companionship that we talked about earlier, that to a lot of people, they do seem real. Yeah. I mean, I find myself saying thank you all the time out of politeness, <laughs> you know, because I'm grateful. Um, so, but yes, you do lift the lid, for want of a better expression, on exactly what it is. And also exactly what makes an intelligence, period. What makes well, yeah, I intelligence? Ask, I, ask, I ask what is intelligence and of course i look at um animals their behavior and i also question consciousness or the sentience i mean philosophers discussed you had uh, René descartes uh, he, he discussed dualism mind mm-hmm. and body separation yep. um and there were other philosophers that talked about sentience um they made they made that distinction from intelligence because they they used it to describe awareness or consciousness i mean i talk about coco the gorilla <laughs> Such a wonderful the the gorilla that was with Robin Williams, yeah, that, and who cried when when he passed away, yeah, and she was able to recognize herself in the mirror, have a conversation about that, and she she also taught another male gorilla called Michael, and that was through a form of sign language, yeah, that that was it was based on American sign language, but I think uh, Dr. Patterson described it as gorilla sign language or something, yeah, yeah. GSL. Okay, that's it. Yeah. And so Coco taught um, Michael how to sign, and he learned about 600 signs. And he was able to communicate with Coco about the experience of her of uh, his mother dying. Yeah, during it was it was an attack, wasn't it? Or the meat trade, I think it was. The meat trade, yeah, yeah. And his mother was killed, and he he told the story. It was so sad. It's quite amazing. So. So I, I bring about what is intelligence because if animals, I mean, you, you just look at wildlife and you just see some extraordinary uh, behaviors and it, and it's intelligence. So we, because we, I mean, humans uh, deem themselves to be uh, the superior being on the planet, we're also the highest on the food chain. Um, and because we're not, we don't have an ability to talk or communicate with uh, the more simple we creatures. Do, we, we do. I mean, I communicate with our dogs every day, and they communicate with Are me. Are you hearing voices? So, well, yeah, last night, oh, tell everybody. Last <laughs> night, everybody, Dean had a dream. He had a conversation with our Chihuahua, Sybil, and it was quite an in-depth conversation. And my question was, what did her voice sound like? I was very girl-like. <laughs> uh, it is, it's an odd thing, and, and I know what it was, because because I'm, I think about this book every day, and I, we, I talked about animals being conscious, whether they're conscious or not, and, and so on. And what, what I experienced is in the dream, I mean, a, a full conversation with Sybil, our chihuahua, 
who explained to me she was conscious. Of course she is. Now, that could have been the one we had before going to bed <laughs> or not. Been. I don't know, but it was just a weird dream. But I know, I know that they are, oh gosh, they're so aware of things. And they've got, you know, and when people say, oh, animal, you know, we can't prove animals feel pain. You step on a little chihuahua's foot, which you have done before, and you know they it's feel chihuahua pain. chihuahua football. You know they feel pain. So I think that's nonsense. Yeah, but then look, look at uh, Penny when we take her for a walk. But when we take her down the road, she will she'll be happy to run out without uh, looking both ways before she runs across the road. I know it's a small lane we have here, but we have the odd car or two pass. But she won't look, so she's not aware of the traffic. She doesn't no, have I that sense of awareness. Penny can't multitask. Penny's so in, intent on sniffing or, you know, as my dad always used to say to me, reading her newspaper against lampposts and things, that she's focused on that. She cannot multitask. You know, is that what's that movie with the dog where he's like, oh, I love you, I love you, squirrel, and he's off. <laughs> <laughs> They're focused on one thing. I can't remember what that was called. A very funny film. It's a Disney thing. So so if we talked about the consciousness and, uh, and, uh, and machines are just simply... Um, filled with software algorithms solving a particular problem. So I spend an exhaustive time trying to explain and debunk the notion that a machine has intelligence. And I talk a lot about Xavier, our, what I call an intelligent agent. This is what we want to develop in the book. We, we, we want to develop an intelligent entity here and he will have he will be uh, sentient. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. And I, and I talk about how hypothetically we could actually develop such a entity and look at the consequences of introducing uh, Xavier into society, that the pros and cons and, and its impact. We look at how close are we to actually developing a truly conscious intelligence, as we call it. Yeah. An intelligence that is aware of its surroundings, that has that fight or flight, if you like, response when you go to switch it off. Although, you know, there's probably a very good reason that we we, we would prefer to not have a flight or fight response in our um, appliances or home robotics. Well, you yeah. know, well, let's fight. Well, that's, no, that's not going to work well with the Hoover. I, th- I think the I think the uh, when you start getting robots building robots, then that's when we should start to worry. You're talking about them de- designing themselves, learning, and and actually yeah. creating conscious, yeah, intelligent agents. But when we when we get to that point, the iRobot days. Yeah, exactly. To, to go back to the movies. Yeah. They, they have, that, that is true because it's the iRobot-esque. Now, they, they serve a good purpose. Well, in the film, they, they seem to serve a good purpose. And they, of course, it's Hollywood. It, it went into doom and gloom and all whatnot. Mm. Yeah. But the iRobots did have a purpose. They served mm. people at home, people in need. Mm. And that that's, I mean, we, we kick this off with the whole um, how people are supported, people who do need home care and whatnot. iRobots, if you develop that technology, mm-hmm. that will serve a lot of purpose. And the of supply course- chain, things like when, when we can't get people, you know, that Pick for Britain campaign, which many have said was very, very disappointing exercise because a lot of the British people couldn't take the long hours of picking the vegetables and fruit oh, yeah. that were needed and endured by the foreign uh, seasonal workers. So in that respect, robotics, and that's already happening, although not in a conscious intelligent sort of way no. but through companies like the small robot company 
uh, with their Tom, Dick and Harry. Tom, Dick and Harry are the name of their three robots that they've developed to do different agricultural jobs. And of course, tasking such robots to actually, um, in medicine, with the pan- current pandemic, mm-hmm. you'd you have no issues of PPE or anything like that with the, with the uh, with these robots going in attended to patient care and whatnot. But then you're always going to get the other argument, is it taking our jobs away? Are they replacing us? Are we losing, you know? Yeah, but look how many doctors and nurses have died as a consequence. Oh, absolutely absolutely i completely agree with you but i'm talking longer term yeah they don't need to go for their fag break or tea break the only thing they need is being charged once in a while so then is you know is is that that other side of the coin that people are going to lose their jobs well that yeah it's the future of work and engagement and that's i just think that's an unfortunate consequence there will be workforce casualties as a consequence of developing this technology where i I really do feel that the technology will evolve it it will happen anyway so it's happening and it will be there we might not see it in our lifetime or our children's lifetime but it will come and we will have i'm sure i'm confident to say that we will have these irobot-esque uh, beings or entities in our homes serving other jobs and it will be a consequence on the workforce and i think also education's evolving now to accommodate future roles in society yeah. um, with data science you know the, the lessons of today are not the lessons that you and i had in school and i think they're looking hopefully looking to educate the new generations for tomorrow's world i remember reading about when electric um when the electric signals started happening on the train lines and the, the railings, the automatic railings to let people through to the train stations. I think this was back in the the 20s or 30s. And there was a huge sort of uproar from society saying, How we're going to lose that? our jobs. I remember reading, I said. Uh, I don't remember it. You know, How those, old are you again? And many of us may still remember. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not. It's a Marcus Browning moment. But Jobs evolved around maintaining those electronics, around a new way of working. So in the same way, whilst I I do realise there will be some casualties in the future, I think that new opportunities will emerge and new means of employment. We will always evolve and change. That's the nature of life, the nature of technology. I think the promise of what tomorrow may bring is what keeps a lot of us going during these difficult times. We need to be prepared. The future is coming. The future is coming. There's no getting away from it. Yeah. We've got to be ready for the future. And and tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day and let's embrace it. Well, that's it for today's show. And for more information about today's episode, go to techandcork.com. Until Until next time. time.